0: We got Chels, woo! We got Jake in the house. Boom! Oh, we got Shrek, Chelsea, what up? I'm a fly on the wall. Hello. You can take it right here in three, two, and go for it.
1: Hello. So thank you for joining us in our houses uh, for no reason whatsoever, other than the fact that we're all homebodies. <laughs> I'm Limfield. I am going to be moderating this panel about WrestleMania, and joining me are. These guys, go ahead
2: and introduce yourselves. I guess I'll go. I'm Travis Tate. I'm a stand-up comedian, huge wrestling fan. Happy to be here. Too sweet.
3: <laughs> Yowie wowie, guys. I am so excited to be here. My name's Jake Dietz. Uh, I'm a podcaster, Movies That Make Us, Soul and Droids podcast, lifelong wrestling fan, and like Travis, also very excited to be here.
2: You're better at promoting than me. You gave a podcast name. I did not.
3: <laughs> I know. I should have helped you out that I've been
2: on panels with you before, Travis, and I know you forget every time. Late to the party with Travis Tate. Check it out. Late to the promo with Travis Tate on this. So,
4: What's up, guys? I'm Trent Hunsaker. I am the television uh, technical director and editor for Salt Lake Zone Devotion Championship Wrestling.
2: Nice. He's a promoter, everybody.
1: Yeah, just start jumping off of your couches now and send him the video. Um,
2: <laughs> I think I've got a match in me.
1: For me saying that, Ben X did not clear that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump right into it. This was a very unique WrestleMania. Um, do you guys think that it helps to have it over two nights? And what? how did you feel it went having no audience for this one?
4: Uh, I think that two nights fixed the biggest problem that has been going on for the past few years now with uh, WrestleMania where they're self-hosting it and putting it out on their own network. They have few, uh, lower cost in pay-per-view uh, airing, and so they don't have to <laughs> adhere to time restraints nearly as much. And if you watch the pre-show in past years, WrestleMania ends up being 10 hours long. Oh, yeah, it's
3: so yeah. long, so long. It was, it was nice to have that 24 hour potty break <laughs> <in between.
4: laughs> totally like you you you're you're emotionally fatigued physically fatigued for some of yeah. us by the time you get to the main event uh, at the end of the show so f- for that for me i love the two day uh, platform I, I hope that's something they continue
3: yeah yeah and it did kind of break it up real nice so it was both nights were just about the right length and you did have a good proper build up to the main events and the two cinematic uh matches that we had i think it was a It was just right. Just right. And it was kind of the escape. At least I felt like I needed right now uh, with everything being the way that it is.
2: The only thing I was missing was that NXT takeover that usually comes the day before WrestleMania is usually pretty amazing. So it was I was a little bummed that there was really only one NXT match on the card and that involved Charlotte. So that's why it was there. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been any NXT representation at all, which is kind of a bummer. Mm Hmm.
1: So do you think that wrestlemania really took advantage of it just being an at-home audience and having it work for television um do you think that they're going to try to marry that in in the future or
2: i think they did the best that they could possibly do under the circumstances honestly and i don't know what how far along they decided to do these cinematic matches but it was definitely the right decision it, it's kind of ironic matt hardy had left the company At that point, he's the guy that kind of got the ball rolling with the cinematic matches. But you can see they're definitely going in that direction. If you watched Money in the Bank, that was all pre-taped and it wasn't nearly as cinematic, but it was something where they could kind of control and edit it a little bit, which and it was very entertaining as well.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because you watch wrestling and so much of what they do plays off of the audience and off of the fans. And so having an empty arena um, it can be challenging and I think, I think they really did do the best they could. And it, I found myself as it went on, especially the first night getting more and more into it to the point where it was okay that the audience wasn't there. Uh, I can figure out for myself who to cheer for. I don't need them, uh, necessarily cheering for me. Um, so yeah, I, for me, it, it worked, especially as it went on.
1: And for first time, wrestle mania fans or just new fans to wrestling in general, people who don't know much about it. Um what exactly is WrestleMania, and why was it such a big deal that it was record like just strictly streamed this year?
4: yeah, wrestle WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of professional wrestling, and it's normally, like we said it's it's a very long, day long pay-per-view experience that for most people are now getting via the WWE network, um which is uh, a streaming service you can get um and it's it's so big in the wrestling community that anyone that is or, or any promotion that is adjacent to the WWE congregates to the city wherever it's being held and in that one weekend we'll have their own shows all over the place wherever it may be and there there'll be a WrestleCon takes place that same weekend which is the the biggest convention specifically around wrestling so uh it's it i think the Super Bowl is probably the closest thing that we can liken it to for anything else out there.
2: It's even w- like for the economy, like you were saying, with all these other companies coming and doing shows too. That would be like if uh, college football teams or the Arena Football League also started holding games around Super Bowl weekend. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like that's probably the best way to explain it, right? It's like the Super Bowl of wrestling, but with a mix of maybe um, the drama. A little bit of soap operas for us, and uh, all of it culmin- like just culminating into one big weekend.
4: Yeah, uh, and it, it kind of it kind of is the jumping off point for uh this for what what I would call the season, right? Right. So it goes WrestleMania to essentially like Royal Rumble, right? That's the pay per view that happens right before WrestleMania, and so most story arcs for characters or anything along those lines are are based on that time frame.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Yeah, it's it's concluding a lot of the storylines and then starting the new ones for the the new year and yeah. And just like the end of a season like the Super Bowl, you always have like Black Monday after the Super Bowl where all the coaches get fired and you've got right. a similar thing in yep. wrestling where WWE just released a huge number of wrestlers uh from their roster right after WrestleMania and they do that every year. This year seemed really bad.
2: But- it was extra bad, you're right. This year it was there yeah. was a lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, um, WrestleMania was kind of the last we were going to see of some of these people for a while um, on this circuit. So let's go ahead and kind of break it down, night one versus night two. So um, highlights from night one. What did you guys think about uh, Rob Gronkowski hosting? Um, I personally didn't know because I don't follow football. I had to look him up. So what do you guys think about Gronk?
2: Gronk's a buffoon and I, yep, I like him on the I field. He's an excellent football player, but he's he's just a giant dum-dum. I don't even know if he knows why he was there to be honest. I think they told him he could live in the pirate ship at the stadium uh where the where the buccaneers play if he hosted it and I think he still showed that's, up.
3: That's probably part of his new contract with the Bucks cuz he just signed with the Tampa yeah. Bay did, Bucks.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think so. probably he thinks he he's going to live it so there. Much. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, Perfect. So, so there's a, there's a long tradition yes. in, in WrestleMania from WrestleMania one, uh, on through, through the age through, you know, we're at 36 now to have a celebrity involved in, in some way, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be a timekeeper or a host or whether it be, um, uh, the, the rock and wrestling connection and you have Cindy Lauper coming out to the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, uh, they're kind of in a unique position with the Gronk because he is very good friends IRL with Mojo Rally. He made mm-hmm. uh, was it two WrestleManias ago? Uh, he he jumped into the yeah uh, battle royal
2: yeah against yeah. Gender he Mahal.
4: Yeah, that's yeah. right, Gender. Yeah, yep. remember when he was a thing? Um,
2: <laughs> when, when he was a champion. he's back, baby. <laughs> Don't hinder the gender.
4: <laughs> um, so yeah, so so I mean. Pick your poison, I guess. When it yeah. when it comes to whatever celebrity we can have, Wiz Khalifa, Snoop Dogg, or and this time it was the Gronk.
3: Well, and and I, I I appreciate the history behind it, and you're right. I mean, since WrestleMania one, when you had Muhammad Ali as one of the guest officials, and you yeah. had you had Liberace of all people yeah. as the timekeeper, <laughs> like just ridiculous kind of stuff like that. I think my only issue with Rob Gronkowski being there is that he won the 24-7 championship, <laughs> which means that's now off of TV for a while because yeah. we don't know when he's going to be back to defend it or for someone to beat it, uh, beat him to get it.
2: Well, we and know our truth right is now, chasing down Tom Brady.
3: Championship. Yeah, I know our truths out there trying to sack Tom Brady. But yeah, have no idea what's
4: <laughs> but, he thinks it's the 7-Eleven championship anyway. <laughs>
3: yeah, but, but I think that is a championship that right now with – the current circumstances would be great to have every week on the show and mm-hmm. to have that with him. it
2: I don't know. It's too bad. It you breaks up a boring match. match. Sorry. Do
1: You think there's a possibility where like the wrestlers are going to go into the NFL to get the title back? Because I personally would like to see that bridge kind of be crossed and go the other way where they're kind of rushing the field. I mean, imagine Roman Reigns or like King yeah. Corbin coming and attacking <laughs>
3: right bro i think vince mcmahon dreams about that happening every night but i would be surprised if uh, robert goodell roger goodell lets that happen excuse me the commissioner for the nfl yeah
4: yeah maybe maybe it would have happened had the a, uh the xfl not gone bankrupt this, this yeah. year again <laughs>
2: which is a shame again. it was actually decent football it was actually okay yeah, yeah. they I'm didn't screw it
4: up sorry sorry <laughs> Yeah, if you want to uh, about the if you want to know about the XFL, there's an awesome thirty for thirty you can go watch. It. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so um I know a lot of people like me really got started with wrestling in the Attitude Era. Um, early two thousands. So let's kind of talk about Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, kind of one of the highlight matches of the day. Um it was supposed to be against Roman Reigns. Do you think Braun Strowman was a good fill-in for Roman having to step out due to his health concerns?
2: I think it was a superior choice. to be be There's so many people, and I don't dislike Roman Reigns. I think he's a a fine wrestler. But I think people have wanted Braun to take that title for a couple years now, and he was way overdue. So I think it was actually a bonus for the WWE to not put it on Roman again and to give it to Braun for a little while. And I'm excited to see what they're doing with Bray Wyatt. In this whole mm-hmm. uh, Wyatt family flashback thing,
4: yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. It, it ties in really nicely, um, and I mean, how many times has has Braun Strowman been at the cusp of of being so over right. that he's going to be on every single thing out there, and he ends up being just taken away from him? You know, he 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 won the the tag match. Uh, mm-hmm. by himself and then the the next week
3: oh hey he had a partner nicholas yeah. was there
4: yeah it was the official <laughs> son yeah um but i mean that's happened so many times for him and now he finally gets it and and i think we're going to be able to see uh him kind of pick it up and 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 roll with it and uh you know now that goldberg has been placed into the hall of fame <laughs> he can step back with yes. uh you please know, staring at the lights um and uh, go on from there. I'll, I'll tell you, though, I really wish that we could have got the, the Matt Riddle-Goldberg match um, because the IRL heat between those two has been palpable of, of uh, Matt Riddle Snapchat and, and, mm-hmm. and doing Instagram stories about how bad Goldberg is as a wrestler. <laughs> um, and yeah. in the Goldberg, uh, was it the 24
3: uh, they did on the yeah, on the, the Yeah, the one... Where head, he like, like stops and he calls yeah. him bro and he's like, Don't call me bro and <laughs> like, like <it>. bro. Yeah <laughs> like I like, thought he was gonna punch him right there. It and, was
4: it was intense.
3: Yeah. I I like Braun Strowman a lot. And since he's he's had the title, I've been impressed his mic skills have come a long way. And he yes. can really I can see him having a good long run with it. When he beat Goldberg, I thought, well, this is probably gonna be short lived. Um, but no, I, I like him a lot and he's really come into his own as a performer and the money in the bank match that he had with Bray Wyatt was, was pretty decent. So I hope he has it for a long time. I like it a lot. And Roman Reigns, we've seen him as the universal champion or as the world champ. Yep. I'm ready for something new.
2: He's and stable. Richard. I mean, he's yeah. reliable, you know, you could, he, yeah. he's a little Cena esque where, you know, he's not going to embarrass you, but he's also not going to like get kids imaginations going like Braun Strowman will.
3: Well, he's just not over with the fans. He's yeah. never been over with the fans. Uh, I mean, some really love him, but there's a lot that really don't. Yeah. So.
4: Well, and and Chelsea, going going back to kind of you know the the Goldberg connection, right? Like um, Goldberg, if, if if we're looking at like character types, was was kind of the the attitude era's version of the ultimate warrior, right? Yeah. Like came out was was physically very impressive. Uh, matches weren't quick, but they didn't need to be right. Cause, cause we didn't care about like technical wrestling. We just wanted to see a guy get dumped on his head. Goldberg came out, did the exact same thing. And so it, it makes sense then for that torch to be passed here from Goldberg to Braun Strowman, who has maybe a little bit more technical uh, style, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's still, he's going to have short matches that are, that are based off of physicality.
3: Yeah.
1: And how do you guys feel about Goldberg actually coming back? Um, a lot of people have kind of, critiqued Vince McMahon for what they call his nostalgia. Um, do you think it was a good choice to bring Goldberg back for this, or do you think that, um, they, that they had other options that they could have given to newer up-and-coming wrestlers?
2: I was okay with it the first time they brought him back and gave him gave him the title. I thought that was kind of cool, but when they just did it out of the blue at a super showdown in another mm-hmm. country, I was like, what is the thought process behind this? It was clearly... They knew... Uh, if it was Bray versus Roman and Bray took the title or uh, Roman took the title from Bray at WrestleMania, people would come unglued like people mm-hmm. would be throwing things into the ring and stuff. I really think they thought that. And that's why they thought, well, we'll have Roman beat Goldberg because nobody's going to care because Goldberg's kind of got some go home heat. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So even though you had Goldberg then take the belt off of the hottest thing going. I mean, I, I just I was surprised. Right. I mean, I love The Fiend and I think he's such a great character. Um, I was, I, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of Goldberg keep bringing him back. I would rather that, like you mentioned, like was mentioned, you know, he kind of goes into the, into the shadows. Now he's in the hall of fame, let him retire, let him rest and, and let's
2: move forward. But I loved him in his prime.
4: Oh, we all did.
2: Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. I saw his first match live in West Valley, Utah. Y- yeah. Was say, he, he,
4: de- he debuted <laughs> yeah. on, on, was it nitro Yeah. it was nitro. Yeah. yeah here in yep. Salt Lake.
2: He beat Hugh Morris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys think, um, moving into like these long-going feuds, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins were feuding for months. Um, yeah. Like the Monday Night Messiah, which is yes. very um, controversial it for Seth Rollins to start calling himself. And then Kevin Owens, who looks like you could find him at a mall... And put him in a wrestling ring. Like he just looks like yeah. It's like Travis in a shirt <laughs> out there, up, like this physical specimen. Um, did you think that this was a successful way to end a long-running feud um, between the two of them? Watching well, him, it ended. It ended in a
2: DQ, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. It, yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't yeah.
4: Wait. Yeah, and 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 so that's that's why I hesitate to speculate that it's. That it's totally done, right? <laughs> um, be, because it, usually, when when you're, when you're doing bookings and stuff like that, uh, rarely do you ever do uh, do you end a storyline in a DQ. That's that's like a, a a colon and not a period or a semicolon, not a, not a period. And so my guess is we're going to see this spark back up after everyone's kind of forgot about it. Um, at least mm-hmm. that they were feuding. If if not, seeing a I would guess a heel turn come from
2: kevin owens we just barely got him as a baby face <laughs> he's been healed the whole time <laughs> he is a better heel than a baby face i'm just so yeah, bored with seth rollins i really don't care what he does i i, I just can't he's a good wrestler but he's so mm-hmm. uninteresting you know he's gonna do the same stuff in every match he's i i'm just done with seth rollins for a while i i, I, I I wish he would have fell off the WrestleMania sign
3: because <laughs> we haven't
2: seen Kevin Owens since, which was, yeah, that's true. It
4: was crazy. And, and w- whether it, it be scripted uh, or this was an, uh, a, a true response, but the, the gasping that Rollins had after Owens landed on him, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to, to hear it. It's, it sounds yeah. horrible. <laughs>
3: It really does, and, but that was such an incredible moment. I mean, he, it he really was. was, and that was that was one time where I think I probably missed the fans in the audience because I think that would have been such a pop. You know, him jumping oh, off yeah. there, and it would have yeah. just been incredible. Totally, uh, yeah. But I, I, I no, go ahead. I was going to say, but I hope we see him back soon. I do. I hope uh, Kevin Owens is great. I love Kevin Owens, and if he has a heel turn, he's a great heel.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah.
4: I I almost wish that we uh we could get uh like the you know, for, for WrestleMania, or excuse me, for the Royal Rumble, sometimes they'll do a compilation of people's snaps or their their stories of how surprised they are at home watching when uh, <laughs> a, a special entrance happens. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I want to see all the at-home reactions to, to the heck-yes moments of WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, like a super cut, like, worked in after the fact would be amazing.
3: I agree.
1: Right, and wrestling might get this... Um... Notion that it's totally fake. Uh but I think in that Kevin Owens moment and Seth Rollins reaction ever. Oh. Do you can you think of another successful moment during WrestleMania on that first day where anything hit just as real as that did?
2: No. Not outside of like the Undertaker AJ Styles match.
1: I don't um, think
3: anything in that match hit as feeling real though, did it? No, not it feeling
2: real. AJ. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. There
2: was the gash in the arm that looked pretty real. Yeah, that was real. Yeah,
3: that would look real, and and he seemed pretty pissed about that,
2: actually. (laughs) It was probably the first thing he did that night. He's like, I got to do this for eight hours now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm glad that you brought up Undertaker versus AJ Styles, because a lot of times people ask, like, if I was a fan of wrestling then, what will get me into wrestling now? And I think that this Boneyard match was absolutely so successful. Um, And I think it is a good way to bridge like quote unquote old wrestling versus new wrestling. Um, Do you guys have any idea why WWE would schedule this match the way that they did with Undertaker and AJ Styles?
2: Mostly I think it was a way to kind of hide the Undertaker's limitations yes. and also accentuate the strengths that he still has. He's still a very uh, ominous presence on the screen, so he can still do that, you know, by, by close-ups or the way he's talking to AJ or, you know, the way he throws him into the into the grave or off, off of the barn. That kind of stuff still worked for him, and you didn't have to see him, uh, you know, kind of falling around and, and, and yeah. walking kind of wobbly, which he's a 55 year old guy that's, you know, been through wars. So wrestling wars.
3: Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and that's another Testament that calling it fake just isn't fair. Cause he's beat his body to, to heck and back. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but I, I think it does fit really well with his theming, obviously boneyard match. Um, and I think it, he's a character that can lend itself to that kind of storytelling a little bit more than a lot of the other characters that are currently uh, on the roster. Um, I just, I think it was a great way. I think AJ Styles was going to sell the whole time and he did a great job of doing that. And uh, it just worked really well. I think he could, he could be the heel in that case and he could bait the undertaker into a match. I think it was much better than what we got last year, the Cena squash match, which was just, you know, we knew it was coming, but there was no build up, and then all of a sudden there was the match. You know, and this at least had a build up and a story to tell.
2: And I think AJ is so good that he can take a loss like that—that that to the Undertaker—and it doesn't hurt him. Everybody knows he's one of the best in the world right now. He's definitely the mm-hmm. best in WWE right now, so it—it it doesn't really hurt him. Where somebody else, like even Bray Wyatt, when he lost to the Undertaker, it really it—it kind of took him down the the ladder a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Well, and that's and and that's kind of like that's the interesting thing about it, right? Uh, and uh, I think everyone can agree that his original retirement match was perfect.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, uh, like there there wasn't a dry eye in anyone's home. It was a beautiful send-off, and there is the 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 long adage of you go out staring at the lights, meaning that your your last match in in the business should be helping someone else rise to to, to stardom. Um, And so now after that's happened, if someone loses to a person who's come back from that, there's there's no way to not make them seem less than in in the the product as a whole. So so it it really is. It's 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 cool because we haven't ever really seen it before. And it does have that nostalgic tie, but it's very dangerous to Mm -hmm. any talent that might want to stick around with the company for a long time. And it creates um, obstacles that they're going to have to overcome.
3: Yeah. I agree, but I do think that if anybody can do it, it's AJ. I really do. I think he's going to be okay. Oh yeah, he's and fine. and the way the way he sold for Undertaker again during the Money in the Bank match, just coming around the corner and seeing the big poster and him getting scared to death. I mean, he's just a great performer, and he's gonna he's gonna do fine. I think long run.
1: Do you guys think that AJ is going to come back with any sort of supernatural abilities um, or? Well, what do you guys think because I do know that um instead of coming in as like the like regular undertaker he came in as like the American badass. Yeah. Do
4: you think <laughs> right.
1: that was a choice to take away from the supernatural or how do you think they're going to jump that forward for AJ?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. I <laughs> I love how they how they were breaking the fourth wall so much
2: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in the
4: lead up to this match, right? And, and I feel like that him uh taking on that persona again, bought into that whole thing of Of the Michelle McCool being out as his wife and and everything along those lines. Um, Honestly, I hope not as far as like a supernatural thing goes. Because I think the market right now, market being just of of the WWE, is cornered by the the most supernatural being out there who is Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend. Mm -hmm. And anything else to try and like do alongside that would maybe take away from, from Bray Wyatt. Wouldn't
1: it be brilliant if, like, AJ is the answer to Bray Wyatt because now he's the undead? Yeah. If, if we find we so we out right. he's actually Sister Abigail. I th- <laughs> that would explain <laughs> the, the haircut. For. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely think AJ's got another title run or two in him, and yeah, I don't I know, think. maybe he's got the Undertaker rub now. I mean, he did the job for the Undertaker. If you're going to lose at WrestleMania, it might as well be to the Undertaker. But maybe he does come back and... You know, go after the fiend's title once the fiend gets it back and maybe the Undertaker does, you know, at some point, you know, he's got AJ down, he's, he's terrifying him. And then you hear the dong boom, and all of a sudden AJ's got a baby face turn in him again. So, yeah, I don't know about supernatural, but I do think it's going to propel him to another title shot.
1: Right. So, what else? Do you do? Is there anything else you guys want to highlight from day two or from day one? We kind of skipped over some matches. Um, that's because we have the Cena match to talk about next. Right. I think from day one, um, because all of our success.
4: I, I just, I, got, I know it may have got overlooked by a lot of the ah. audience. Go back and watch the the kickoff match from the first night. This harkens back to uh, Chikara Pro Wrestling. Chikara is a um, is a wrestling promotion in Philadelphia. And so many people on the roster have gone through Chikara and including Drew Gulak and Cesaro. Um, And, and these two put on an awesome, like pure wrestling style wrestling match. If you're into technical wrestling, make sure that you you watch that on the kickoff show. It was like the only match on the kickoff show, I think. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's the only one I wanted to make sure to give a plug for, because it was really good.
2: Was the, forgive me, was Rhea Ripley and Charlotte on day one or day two? I can't remember.
1: Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair is on day two. Okay, so let's go jump into that match.
2: So, um, so it would have been, uh, uh, Shayna Baszler and uh, Becky Lynch was day one. I get them confused. That match was okay. Yeah. It was. I was actually shocked that Shayna Baszler didn't win, especially now yeah, knowing what we know that uh, Becky Lynch was pregnant. I guess that was technically a handicap match because it was two on one. So
4: yeah, two.
3: <laughs>
2: Awful. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one though. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's it's hard to see Shayna were lose because sh- she is so frightening.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he bit well, a shot out of Becky's neck. Yeah,
3: just, yeah,
1: just to taunt her.
3: Yeah, that was a like, weird a of-
2: turn too. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that was that was bizarre. One of the more bizarre moments living up to it, but yeah, she had been built so much on NXT as just this monster and just this beast and just unbeatable. And so I was I was really thinking she's she was one that was finally going to take the belt off the man, but
2: nope. And I, I'm it, man does what she wants, man. I like Becky Lynch a lot. Like she's one of the most oh, watchable yeah. people yep. in the entire company for me. So her her winning is fine. It was the way she won. It was just very sudden and abrupt, and it was almost like. Something went wrong or something. It was weird.
1: Yeah. One of the classic, like, flip them onto their shoulders really fast. And then the top happens immediately. Just the roll up. Yeah. Yeah, it was a schoolboy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and segue into day two. Speaking of women's matches, um, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Huge build up. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, Rhea Ripley actually challenged Charlotte officially in Salt Lake City.
2: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And then this was when it finally came to fruition. What did you guys think about that
2: fight? I enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite matches that, that wasn't like a huge, like cinematic type match. I thought it was very well done. Technically. I thought it told a good story. It turns out Rhea Ripley kind of had to lose the title. Cause her visa was expiring. We know that now that's kind of why mm-hmm. she lost it, but there was just the slaps and the suplexes and they were so loud they echoed through through the arena more than any other one. I mean, you could see the welts on both of them. They were they were chopping the crap out of each other. It was I thought it was yeah. very impressive. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm also so sorry that my dog is barking incessantly. It's a um, British
2: Bulldog fan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Matilda. A Matilda yep,
1: Matilda. He is just furious. He is a Rhea Ripley fan and he just wants me to let the whole world know.
2: It's not named and Pepper, not- is it? No, you ate pepper.
1: Um, and then the next another big match of the night was Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Yes, did yes. you guys think that this was more successful than Goldberg in terms yes. of being back a wrestler? Okay. Abs-
4: absolutely, mm-hmm. Brock, yeah. Brock Lesnar, d- despite what the fans think about him, he is impressive, he's been impressive since he came back, uh, however many years ago it was, and and this. Brock Lesnar, I think, was the only person that could uh, put over Drew McIntyre for us to accept Drew McIntyre in a way mm-hmm. to carry the
3: yeah. – Yeah, having Drew go in there and beat him clean as much as he's been built up over the years. I mean, Brock Lesnar is just as close to unbeatable as you can get, and they have never tarnished that. I mean, they really haven't. And so to have him go in, lose clean to, to Drew McIntyre like that just set him up so well. And now he's just running with it, and he's doing a great job. I, I love him as champ. I didn't know what I think when he <laughs> when he finally would win, but I love him.
2: I was on yeah, board was with he- with Drew like when he came back to NXT. He was just so impressive. Yeah. Even when he was in TNA, he was he was just you know killing it. And when he came into to Raw, and all of a sudden he's a bad guy. You're like, what is going on here? Why is he a bad guy? So the fact that he finally made that baby face turn, and you can see what he can do. I mean, he's as big and strong as anybody, and. Oh yeah. Like Trent said, Lesnar is super impressive. There's no denying what he can accomplish. But man, I get tired of seeing him when he's champion, you know. So whenever <laughs> that moment when somebody finally beats him and they know this, they know that you're just waiting just like somebody take the belt off him. So that's why everybody went nuts right. when Seth Rollins came in and cashed in that WrestleMania. He was like, "Anybody but Brock. We're so done with Brock." But as soon as Brock comes back again, everybody's going to go nuts and go, "He's back. Finally, he's back."
4: Yeah. I- i don't care how how it happens i just need to have an excuse to have paul Heyman on the microphone (laughs) brock lesnar or someone else i don't care i just need need, i need my daily dose of paul Heyman.
3: brock brock can retire but paul can't he's gotta be back he's got i love paul Heyman. yep i agree 100 percent
1: drew mcintyre kind of hold on to this title for a while or do you think they're gonna let lesnar take it back rather quickly
2: I don't think Lesnar's going to come back around until there's full arenas and he gets a huge paycheck, to be honest with you. It's not, it's not necessarily worth it for him.
3: Mm -hmm. No, I I think Drew will have a good run with it. I think he's earned it. I think he's carried it well since he's had it. Um, yeah, I think he'll have it for a while.
1: Do you guys feel a little bit bad for the wrestlers like Drew McIntyre who have had such a long road to get to this point and then they finally get it with no arena? Um,
2: (laughs) I do because it's tough. Like I, I do stand up and it, I've done it lately in the past couple months with all this going on and it's it's really hard when you don't get that reaction because that's the whole reason you get into it. You want the fans to cheer. These these guys want to hear people going nuts for them. They want to hear, you know, their their lines getting chanted back to them. You know, if you're Braun Strowman, you want to get these hands. You want to hear all that stuff. So when that energy is not there, it really shows who's a real performer and who who's more of a mm-hmm. like nuts and bolts wrestler.
4: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, I think uh, it's, it's kind of I don't know if it's easy, but it's it's definitely telling who has had acting training and mm-hmm. who is just doing like the the call and response stuff and has always been able to feed off of a crowd. And I think that was represented in a lot of the talent that may have been you know asked to step away during this time uh, from the organization. and it's mm-hmm. it's the the production team, Kevin Dunn and his production team, at the very beginning when they started doing no uh, audiences, they weren't doing themselves a lot of favors either because they mm-hmm. were still doing a lot of the, the camera cuts and yeah. uh, a, a lot of things that were meant for an audience. And, and you got to figure Kevin Dunn has been doing this same production model for almost 35 years. Right. And, th- and this is the first time that, that he's ever had to think outside of, of what he's normally doing. <laughs> and, and, and just recently, I, I've noticed in in the weekly product that you're you're getting uh, promos directly into a camera now, up close, and not right. standing looking at the hard cam of no one.
2: <laughs> right, right, right.
4: And 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 it's those little tweaks that I that I think can really help uh, the the product be geared more towards television, uh, especially for the live shows, as as opposed to you know the what what we're used to have is is the the open house call and response feed off of that so uh, there has to be you know they have to dig deeper for themselves to make it viable
2: on the bright side we haven't heard the what chant for a couple months now
1: what what (laughs) Um, so yeah it was pointed out um in the facebook commentary that it wasn't just wrestlers who lost their jobs um a lot of backstage personnel producers referees do you think looking at like matches that we're getting now versus Wrestlemania do you think that that's actually hurting WWE the fact that they let so much of that talent go
2: it's hard to say at this point because it's so recent but it, it might it might you might start noticing quality going down over time I think a lot as far as like the talent in ring talent goes a lot of those people were being retained by WWE just so they didn't go somewhere else So when it got to the point that they're actually like in trouble with a little bit of money, that's the first people that are going to go like Rusev. I I enjoyed Rusev a lot, but Mm -hmm. they weren't doing anything with him. It's pretty obvious when Rusev day was the biggest thing in the company and they chose not to do anything with him that that's what he was going to be. Right.
4: Yep. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's sad and it sucks, uh, but it makes sense. You know, a, a lot of, a lot of the personnel um, are, we're, we're traveling and, and they're doing their house shows, which are, you know, four or five a week. Um, and when that gets cut out, there's, there's no longer, uh, income to support that, right. For those house shows and to keep everyone on. So if, if, if them having to take one for the team allows us to, to keep it going for however long it may be. Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, so let's go into one of my favorites. So we have Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Talk <laughs> about like, kind of Otis, huge talent, and then Dolph Ziggler, who's kind of been a little underused, in my opinion, finally getting like, really turned over as a heel. What did you guys think about that match and the romance tied into it?
3: And what a year for Otis. <laughs> I'm, I couldn't be happier for a guy. You know, he's just... What what a year! It was great. It was fun. Uh, Otis is more fun than I've had watching wrestling in a long time. I mean, he everything he does is a joy, and the way he just sells everything he gets, and he just plays the part and does it perfectly. I love the Mandy Rose storyline. Like all of it is working for me, and I've never been a huge Dolph Ziggler fan, so that was just a bonus.
2: (laughs) He is Dolph is one of the best in the ring. I mean, that guy can go for days. He he's like just nuts and bolts he's he's a great wrestler for some reason yeah he he just never seemed to have caught on as much like he can do everything Seth Rollins can do but mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more even I mean he's he's a legit wrestler that wrestled in college but for some reason he just I, maybe he's too good looking or something and the people just don't click so you can't really get him as a baby face I don't know what it is he's a really I nice guy problem. I've <laughs> met him I've in sure real life my
3: whole life I've struggled with that my whole life. Being too good looking, it just causes all sorts of problems.
2: I, I'm is... marginally Otis. That's that's where I'm at. I think so.
4: Dolph is probably the the best wrestler and performer on the roster. He could have a match with a broomstick, and it would be entertaining. And he can he can really sell anything. He can make it believable. He's amazing on the microphone, and he will do whatever the company asks, and he'll do it well. Um, you know, from, from being married to, uh, uh, Vicky Guerrera (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. you know, where he's at now. Um, I think, you know, we're going to look back, uh, in, you know, when 10 years after he's, he's gone and, and we'll realize that he was possibly the greatest worker that the the company has ever had. And we are so lucky to have him there because he really does just make anything and, and anyone look good.
2: And that's one thing people don't realize sometimes is, you know, you see the guy that's performing the moves, and you're watching that. But if you actually watch him while he's being suplexed, while you know he's got he's getting hit with the lariat clothesline, the things he does with his body, the way he sells that move, is what really makes him uh, something special. Totally. And then Otis is just lovable. Like who can watch Otis and not just want to give that guy a hug? You know? He's the best.
4: Yeah, and, and shout out to uh, our uh, our uh, friends in Colorado at the Mercury School, uh, where he got his start just a f- you know a few years ago. So he he has risen very fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Just check out his Instagram lives, where he's just like hogging and snorting, <laughs> cooks thousands of dollars worth of meat every day. <laughs> um, that's the only content he shares, and that's basically what it is. Um,
2: I never thought I'd be okay with another wrestler saying, "Oh yeah," but. i'm fine with otis doing it
1: okay and then so um we only have like a couple of minutes left so let's talk real quick about edge and randy Orton, and then john cena versus bray wyatt so edge returning during royal rumble and then to actually have like a 40 minute match at wrestlemania what did you guys think about that
2: I feel like Edge is the guy I feel the most sorry for with not having a crowd, honestly, because they kept yeah. him off TV the whole time they were building it up. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, he was there for Royal Rumble and he was there for that first Raw where he got tacked. But other than that, he was off TV the whole time. So he never really, you know, got that love from people. I, I was at that Raw that was in Salt Lake and I was like, oh, I wish he was here. And now I really wish he was there. But yeah. I thought it was, it was a good match. I, I was... Wrestling is good when you're concerned about the guys that are wrestling or the people that are wrestling. And I was really concerned that they were going to go off of that that trailer. <laughs> like yeah, I was yeah. like, they could really get hurt if they do this. And I was relieved when they didn't.
3: Yeah. It was a good match. It was a solid match. You've got two guys in Edge and Randy Orton who can work really well and they work really well together. And um, I agree. I wish it was in front of fans just because I think edge really needed that push and really i think it would have been great for him because of the career that he's had but it was a good match i mean it's what you expect from those two for sure mm-hmm.
4: yeah and and it's it, it is it's it's it does it sucks that there wasn't fans there because for someone who's you know come into wrestling in the past 10 years they have no idea who edge is
2: right
1: and it's he's the best so what a great time and like to go against a one-time friend. Um, yeah, the legend killer,
2: the bitter rival. Yeah. it was um, wise to take that into the into the locker room area, into the into the depths of the building where they where they couldn't have a, a, a crowd there anyway. You might as well go explore the building and just let them have some fun with it.
1: Free yeah. tour. Um, what did you guys feel about the fun house? Fire fun oh, house. Oh, this oh, was oh. okay. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than like no. a fever dream. John Cena versus the Fiend slash Bray Wyatt. What did we see? Or when was they build
4: like,
3: it, or was he just versing
4: himself the whole time? Mm-hmm. I have
3: no idea. I have no idea. At the beginning, they <laughs> they they build it as a Firefly Funhouse match. I had no idea what that meant. I've seen it now two or three times. I still have no idea what it means because I don't know what I just watched. It was just incredible yeah it's
4: it's the it's possibly the most postmodern uh piece of wrestling that I've ever seen for
3: sure
2: yeah and pe- yeah. people really need to credit John Cena for that to be willing to go back and make fun of his 20 year career and just mm-hmm. just basically just let everybody just make fun of it and because it that takes that takes like a lot of guts to be able to to do that and to be self-conscious enough to know that it doesn't mean that everything was a waste or or I wasn't good at this the whole time he was he's I mean he was the best in the business for a long time and to be willing just to put somebody over basically like that was yeah. was pretty impressive
1: Well, and there was a theory that when John Cena was kind of smack-talking The Fiend and Bray Wyatt, he was saying that he was going to put an end to the most overrated wrestler in history. (laughs) And some of the theories for that was that John Cena was actually talking about himself. Do you guys think, like, I know, Trent, you said that was a match basically against himself. Do you think that John Cena is going to finally turn heel?
4: No, never.
1: No, Uh,
2: I think that shit passed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think at this
3: point we're going to see him maybe once a year for WrestleMania and he's always going to be big match, John baby face that he's always been. And um, just because he just doesn't spend enough time in the company to do a heel turn and have that be worth it or valuable. So yeah,
2: I think he stays baby face, big match, John. If he did come back full time for some reason and did kind of a Hollywood Hulk Hogan type heel turn at this point of his career, it would probably be really good. But I just don't think he wants to dedicate that much time.
1: Where do you think he is right now? Because if you look at his Instagram, it is all Bray Wyatt, all the feeds. Like, what happened to John Cena? Because at the end of that match, he just, poof, disappeared.
2: Yeah. I hope they don't just bring him back like nothing ever happened. There really has to be some. Hopefully, they're working on some sort of storyline that explains where he's been, you know, what he's going through. So when he does come back, there's some sort of realization and closure
3: there was a second roof that'll be the storyline
4: <laughs> <laughs> or 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 maybe we'll get like a bizarro john cena for a while i would be okay with that then he doesn't actually have to be a heel because it's not yeah. like john cena right it's it's this other dimension of of john cena that he's able to explore
2: a broken yeah. john cena
1: yeah oh, <laughs> oh boy
2: <laughs> at so least real- a puppet would be fun
1: what, what was your guys's absolute favorite match of the entire weekend
2: Wow, oh, that's tough I'm going to go honestly I'm going to go with the uh, Boneyard match that was, that was my favorite it was just that's two of my favorite wrestlers of all time and to, to see them have that moment and who knows maybe AJ Styles will get a movie roll out of it or something maybe we'll see some mm-hmm. Undertaker movies if they ever start making movies again it was just it was very uh, it was it was fun to watch uh, it was satisfying let's put it that way I
3: think the Firefly Funhouse match was my favorite just because it was so different from anything we'd ever seen mm-hmm. and it was just so well executed by both John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Um Bray Wyatt is so talented. I, I want to see more like this. So yeah, I like that one a lot.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, both both of the you know, we've been calling and I think it's it's rightfully so, the, the cinematic matches. I think those are those are kind of the closest things that WWE has ever done um that feels almost Lucha Underground esque. And Lucha Underground is kind of the perfect model for creating a product that's not based off of a full house. Yep. Um, and so for bo- you guys are right. Both of them are, are absolutely amazing. To, just to throw the wrench in, uh, I will say Drew Gulak and Cesaro. Uh, seriously, if you haven't seen it, it is an amazing match.
2: That was a great match. Yeah. The
1: strongest man in the WWE. <laughs>
0: Hey, guys, I am back.
2: Hello. Welcome back.
1: Oh, you got a haircut. Oh, hey, Ro. Oh, I know, right? I know. I took That's a shower.
2: drunk. Thank you. Thank Ro you. with the run in.
0: <laughs> i have been a fly on the wall listening to all these things. And I love it because you know what? Like, I'm not in as deep as you guys are. So I'm getting caught up. We're, Chelsea and I are looking at some of the questions that are coming through. We have somebody named Dave, our buddy Dave over at FanX. He's wondering, beside like he's an old-time WWF <laughs> wrestling fan. And he goes, aside from rock and stone-cold era, what is happening now that would entice him to come back? Trent, can you go ahead and give some advice to those old-school wrestling fans that might want to know why they should come back to this thing we call sport, uh, wrestling sports entertainment?
4: yeah absolutely. and this is this is the great thing about wrestling is that there is there is always a time to jump in uh, because out, just out of the way that it's it's produced, that you can jump into any episode and you will get all the information that you need to be invested emotionally in in the episode that you're about to watch they They do a great job of making sure everyone is on the same level, not unlike how every comic book is someone's first every episode of wrestling can potentially be someone's first. Um, if you want, uh, like a storyline to follow right now, uh, we are kind of in a transitional stage, but the Bray Wyatt and, uh, Braun Strowman, uh, feud that's, that's building up right now. We've talked about right now. That feels very much like, like old school, uh, mind game attitude era stuff that I think that Dave in particular could get behind. Not to mention they all have awesome tattoos, which I know Dave is a fan of.
0: Perfect, perfect. And I mean, Chels, it's it's just a guys club over there, right? There's no females. There's no XMMA professional fighters doing uh, WWE right now or anything like that, right?
1: Oh, my gosh. So some of the women's matches are – just watching Ashka at like the money in the bank match. All these women are fighting on the ground floor and the camera pans up to her doing this weird dance before she just jumps on all of them. (laughs) Um, Effie Lynn just handed over her title to Ashka. So that's going to be really interesting because it wasn't anything that she won. It's something that she handed over because now she's pregnant um, and is going to obviously can't wrestle right now. So just seeing what Ash is gonna do for it. I think she's the most talented woman right now that we have on the roster. Um, and my personal favorite Bianca Belair is now kind of making that transition from NXT into WWE. There is so much fun and there, there's no different. They slap just as hard and the stories are just as engaging. Um, it really is like soap opera that slaps. Um, <laughs> so, Much amazing
0: female talent, like right now. I love it. I love it because Jake, look, like a lot. One of the biggest criticisms that's followed this, uh, by people that might not be involved in it, they don't think that these people are athletes, right? They don't give them that credit. What do you say to the criticism like that?
3: I think one of the biggest confusions out there about wrestling is the difference between scripted and fake, like, they may have. Already down, who's going to win? They do. They know who's going to win. They know who's going to be the champ and everything else. But what they're doing is not fake. They're still jumping off the top turnbuckle. They're still jumping from the top of the WrestleMania sign. They're still taking those falls and those bumps. They still get injured. Um, These are very athletic individuals. I mean, it's just amazing what they do night in and night out and how they beat their bodies up. It's incredible. Mm, Definitely.
0: And, and, uh, hey, Travis, what is a baby face?
2: A baby face is a good guy. (laughs) So at the end of Rise of, uh, what was the last Star Wars movie? Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. So uh, Kylo Ren, at the end, he becomes a good guy. He had a baby face turn at the last minute, and he comes and saves the day. That's what a baby face is. A bad guy is called a heel.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Because there's all this terminology and stuff, right? Right. We have a super fan that's been blowing up the comments. Tom Sherlock, shout out to you, my friend. He's wondering, anybody on the panel, who is the best ref of all
2: time? And why is it Tommy Rich?
4: <laughs> oh, Tommy you can't Rich. leave out Derek Morgan,
2: <laughs> the best ref of all time. I mean, Earl Hebner is pretty yeah. legendary. They there was a legendary uh, legendary uh, thing where they had he's, he has a twin brother, and basically the the the, the twins switched. And the, it, they were, they were bad guy refs for a while.
4: WrestleMania three. yeah. Yes.
2: And then there's also, I mean, he was in a lot of big matches, but the, the Montreal screw job, he was, he was right in the middle of that. So he's got a lot of legendary moments.
0: I love it. Chels, any other fan questions that you see that we might want to, want to chat about before we go ahead and wrap this up?
1: You know, I think that we've done a pretty good job. I think that we would be remiss if we didn't say who our favorite wrestlers were of all time. <laughs>
2: of all time okay
1: All time, and you have to pick one i know it's hard
2: i'll go i right off the top of my head all time i gotta say brett hitman hart he's he's my favorite all time uh number two right right now probably aj styles and uh becky lynch are my two favorite current but brett hitman hart's my favorite all time
0: love it, yeah. love it. what about you trent
4: uh, I'd have to say I'm, I'm going to go uh, old school and one a little bit more contemporary. Stan Hansen, uh, <laughs> the hardest lariat in the business, uh, followed up by uh, Minoru Suzuki of New Japan Wrestling.
3: Mm, Jake? I I would. The Hitman is my favorite, but that's already been said. So I'm going to uh, go ahead and go with a my current favorite is probably Finn Balor, who I think doesn't get enough screen time. But he's an yeah. amazing, amazing wrestler.
1: And I'm just gonna say my favorite. I've been wearing this the whole time.
3: Man. Nice.
1: You yeah. <laughs> no got <Is> socko. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I'm. I am ready for every mandible flaw. So.
0: I love it. It's amazing and incredible. And there's there's just too much to cover in this allotted time. So hopefully in the near future, you guys go ahead and come back. We talked about some stuff. Travis, you dropped a term called the Montreal Screwjob, mm-hmm. where reality and fiction meet like never before. It's an incredible story. It's so incredible that I honestly heard about it through the ESPN podcast.
2: Like oh, nice. That. It's a deal right
0: it's super huge and it's a x in a in a sport of historic events it's an extra it's one that pops out to people like in pop culture as well as in the know so i'd love to go ahead and hear about that later on hopefully you guys are up for the task of coming down (laughs) and letting us noobs know what's up absolutely (laughs) on everything uh one by one um go ahead and uh shout out to the fans and stuff like that trent where can we find you how can we know more info on wrestling
4: Abs, absolutely um you can find me on instagram and twitter at a part of him and i invite everyone to check out devotion championship wrestling on facebook uh we're still putting out shows every week on uh, cw 30 sundays at 11 o'clock
3: Nice. what about you jake uh, yeah, you can find me at original Jake Dietz on Instagram. Uh, you can also hear me on soul and droids podcast and movies that make us podcast. We have new episodes every week. Sweet. Travis. Uh,
2: you can find me at Travis Tate funny. And I also have a podcast, uh, late to the party with Travis Tate. And you'll never see me in the same room as Brock Lesnar because he's been dodging my challenges for 20 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and our amazing moderator, Chelsea, let us know our final words. Go for it.
1: Thank you. You guys can find me at Freaky Geeks Podcast. I also run Utah's graphic novel book club. Google either of them and they'll pop up. I am so sorry for my dog barking the whole time. <laughs> um, Thank <it>. Thank you. <laughs>
0: we love it we love it and that's one of my favorite parts though like seeing your guys dog trent i saw your pub coming over to your lap <laughs> i've got my mic on just in case a delivery guy comes to the door for my <laughs> pup. But, you know we're all family here right you guys Fanex, everybody and i see that people flooded those comments so i mean if you guys can please go ahead and go back to those comments maybe answer some of those fans all right we didn't get a chance to uh, get to if you still have this if you're listening to this after the fact still flood those comments let us know what you guys think any other questions that you may have because there's some that we didn't get to that i really like i'm i'm wondering uh you know like um who do you see being the next next year's wrestlemania's new breakout wwe champion stuff like that the conversation continues on social media Make sure you guys follow us over at FanX. Make sure you follow these amazing panelists and Chelsea, our amazing moderator. We love and appreciate you guys. FanX family, we'll see you guys later. Peace. Bye. Three, two, and we're going to go ahead and double check that we stopped the live streaming. One sec, one sec, one sec.
1: I'm going to grab Puffin so you can all see what this naughty dog looks like. I want
4: to do a puppy show and tell.